Welcome to the 50th installment of the P2 Podcast. Our special guest today is Mac, 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 Matt McLeod. I'll take both. AKA the Golden Boy. Um, we dressed up for you guys today to get started. And, you know, I uh, had the thought, I mean, you know, we should, we should do something special. It's the 50th fucking episode. And it's Matt. Um, we got a good, good uh, topic to talk about today. It's actually something that Matt and I touched on earlier this week. And I'm like, ah. I should break out the fucking like, the lokes and like, a jacket or something. And I'm like, eh, I'm running around. My my hairstylist was late. And I'm like, eh, well, I'll just show up. And then I show up and Matt's got the fucking print shirt on and the glasses. And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me at least come a little bit proper for, to, to get started. So welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to chat with us. Um, wherever you're listening, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, um, anywhere that we'll take our fucking money, we appreciate you. Please drop, like, share, um, give us, you know, comment, share how you feel about the podcast episode. Give us ideas for the future podcast episode. Follow Matt. Check him out. He's a great guy. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Let the people know who you are. Just give them a quick little synopsis of like what you are trying to accomplish um, in your life. Give me give me three sentences and then we'll go ahead and jump into what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Amazing. Um, first, yeah, thank you for for having me. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we're we're both rocking the the silliness right now with the with the sunglasses and the cheetah print. So real quick, before I go into my little elevator pitch and that I'm gonna try and rush through, it's like this this whole thing, like the silliness of wearing these the cheetah shirt and like looking kind of ridiculous and and fun is intentional. And I used to do it on my podcast, yeah, more than fitness podcast that I don't do anymore. But I would always rock a pineapple print. A shirt and a big gold this gold chain and then a, a gold watch to make myself look ridiculous but the whole point was so that i could immediately um lower the guard of yep. my guest and get into a mutual space of comfort and vulnerability and like hey i'm gonna make fun of myself first so that you can feel comfortable so that we can actually have a really good conversation um and also it's just like yeah starting it off with a laugh is always i feel like a good move no, um, so I, I love that. It's it was intentional, and it puts me in a good headspace, like a fun headspace. See, mine is always, um, which I can't do all the time, but mine is shouting. Actually, like if I come, it, it, it's like it gets all the, like I talk fast, right? And it's one of those things. It's like every single year, um, I want to work on talking more slowly, um, and so for me, it is, um, it's important because I want people to be able to hear what I have to say. And, but it's hard because I'm so anxious to talk. I'm so ready to talk. I'm like, hey, I just can't wait to share, you know? Um, and so it typically comes out in this like jumbled mess, unless I take super deep breaths before beginning, um, and really focus on the pronunciation of each of the words before, you know, actually even trying to pronounce it or enunciate, pronounce them. Um, but whenever I'm making a video, like for a client, or if I'm getting ready to like I've done my submissions for reality shows and stuff like that. It's always, I start with a shout. I start with a good, like belly. What is the fuck up? Like, like, I, and it is like, it just sends chill. It reminds me of like pregame and it just like okay. gets it all out of my body. And then right after that, I'm rolling. Obviously, um, I don't know that I can, I'll help blow someone's speakers out in their car if I, if I decided to open it up that way. But I definitely get where you're coming from on that because we want these to be able to flow. Obviously, the big thing is to be able to, proliferate our experience and information that we have in hopes that someone out there can can take it up and if you're 
all, you know, tight and your butthole's this big because you're nervous, yeah. you know, you know, you yeah. can't really ad uh, adequately do that. So um, sure. I welcome the, the print. I'm, and I'm glad that you reciprocated by, by going and putting on your shades as well. So. Had, to do, had to do it, had to do it. But tell us about you, bro. Tell us about yeah. a little bit what you do, um, why you yes. do what you do, and what would you say your purpose is in doing what you do? Because I think it's a really okay. good segue into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm an online fitness coach and registered dietitian. I've been doing that for the last 10 years or so. Uh, and I am based out of Austin, Texas right now, born and raised in Kentucky. Um, but my whole thing with fitness, honestly, is to use fitness to enhance your life and not be your life. Um, and how, and, and the biggest thing that I have found personally to, to back up real quick is like fitness was the first thing whenever I was in high school trying to get bigger, stronger and faster for high school football. It was the first thing where my efforts led to a very specific change that I was trying to make in my life to get towards a goal. Right. And it's like, it, that can happen to people. And of course it happened to me throughout my entire life, but this was the first one where I was like, you know what, I'm really going to set this goal so that I can, you know, start as a sophomore or whatever to get bigger, stronger, and faster. And my efforts led to that happening. Um, and so what I have found is that I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy life and I really enjoy helping other people try to enjoy life as much as I do. And I have just, and I, I, follow me here. I have really uh, seen fitness as one of the most tangible vehicles for making that transformation happen, right? And so it's like somebody might not have tons of self-confidence. And so whenever they start to it's just like if that person's like okay i don't have much self-confidence and you it's like what do i what do they do like what what's some tangible things that they can go do and like one of the, the the best things that they could do is potentially go to the gym and start taking care of themselves start taking yeah. care of their health and i think that these superficial goals of fat loss or muscle gain um and this is again what happened to me as well just trying to get bigger biceps or trying to get on the football team um, it starts as a superficial fat loss goal, and then it can end in this entire body and mind transformation and belief in yourself to do hard things. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's essentially what I have, I've found, uh, over time. And I've found that to be very powerful. And I have found that using fitness as the vehicle for change is a tangible way for people to keep the promises that they make to themselves. And the more that you keep your word to yourself is how I believe the most self-trust in your abilities to do anything, right? And that yeah. is, you know, the top-down thing that everyone is searching for. And so again, it's like, that can start with a fitness goal and then it can end in you completely trusting your abilities to be a good uh, person, right? To have a good career, to, um, you know, have a child, to, to lead uh, a company or a project or whatever it is. Um, and so I think that with probably a lot of people listening, the core 
of all of us is going to be fitness in some way. Like fitness is going to be at the core of, of what we really enjoy and what we believe is, is worth doing. Um, but that ripples out into everything else that we do as well. Fitness can be kind of the glue that can hold together our routines and habits and who we are as people. And I think that that is something very special and it's something, um, that, uh, maybe addiction isn't the right word, but it's a really good habit to fall in love with, especially at an early age. And so, yeah, I'm trying to, to, to the fitness is the, is the peanut butter and the, the medicine is entire life transformation. It's like, cool, come lose 20 pounds and let me change your life. I fucking love that. No, I, I, I do love that. It's, um, you know, when I, you and I started talking about that, it's something, have you ever seen the movie, um, love and other drugs? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So remember the homeless guy that yeah. starts taking fucking the, uh, the antidepressants and shit, right. That he yeah. keeps throwing out. So I, for me, it was always a metaphor for this guy sees himself one way. And so it keeps him in a certain place. And then obviously the drugs, the, the fucking antidepressants were something that helped him focus, see what his capabilities were, branch out. And like, by the end of the movie, he's like, do you have any more samples? I have a job interview, you know, and he's like, got his hair cut. He's got a jacket on like, and there's just something about being able to like what you see and not just physically, obviously we're talking about physically because fitness is what we do, but you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, like looking in the mirror or looking in the proverbial mirror or whatever, and being able to say, you know what? I fuck with this dude. I fuck with this girl. Like she's, she's dope. He's dope. I like being this person. You can still want more. You can still want to be better, but looking and saying, I like this person. Chances are now when you're talking to other people, you're not sitting there like twiddling your thumbs, hiding your face, brushing your hair down because you're afraid of what they'll see because you're proud of what you have to show. You know, I have said before, um, and I've tried to find elegant ways to say this and I still haven't. So for, um, you know, at risk of being canceled, um, I think one of the biggest things that like, I would love to do, like, I know that I want to start a fitness organization for people who are mentally and physically disabled. I think that is one of those things that I was a part of growing up, um, sports, special Olympics and stuff like that. There's just an empowerment. There's a, there's a pure elation and joy in for myself. And then also just the, the radiance from the, the athletes you get to work with. But also when it comes down to like community outreach and working with like the homeless, it's like, yeah, we can go, we can feed them. We could go and we could offer seminars for education and stuff like that. And those things are good. They don't change how that person feels about themselves. It doesn't change that they feel like a loser. They feel like a failure. They feel helpless. They feel desperate. But you know what will? Them looking and liking what they see in themselves. Yeah. Whether it's the clothes they wear, the body they build, um, you know, th those things are the lowest hanging fruit. And it sounds super superficial, right? It sounds like, oh, well, that's just so vain. And it's like, I think there's a, there's a fine line between trying to separate humans from all other animals. It's like, no, dude, the biggest, baddest lion survives. The, the gorilla with the most silver back survives. Like, right. I get it. We're not just these type of animals. They're quote unquote dumb compared to us. But when you try to 
take humans and other them as opposed to just extrapolating, then you kind of lose the ability to understand some of our very innate drives and the things that really push us forward. I don't buy designer shirts. I don't spend money on expensive clothes unless they're like super comfortable. Yeah. My friends from home, they still do. They're also built like traditional dads, you know, they got their, they got the beer belly now and stuff like that. And so when they want to feel good about themselves, they go put on a Louis Vuitton shirt, right? They feel good putting their gold chain on and stuff like that and wearing their fucking $250 shoes. All my $200 plus dollar shoes are in boxes to be showcased. I wear flip-flops right. and Crocs every day. And I wear a fucking graphic tee to the gym and yeah. shorts and joggers because I feel good about my body. And I'm like, dude, I can put anything on this body and look good. I don't need to buy designer. I don't need to find other superficial ways to, to feed my ego enough to feel proud about who I am and walking out into the world. And that opens you up to a myriad of things because now... You go talk to someone and you look another person that you also might admire, um, like plenty of our friends, and you look at them in the eye because you're like, nah, dude, like I want you to meet me because I'm fucking awesome too. Yeah. You're awesome. And so I want to talk to you. And all of a sudden you're talking about this and you're bouncing ideas, whether it be business or life or relational, and you get better. But you get, it started with you feeling really good about what you were going to put forth to the world, you know? Yeah. And- yeah, there's so many things I want to say. Um, but yes, I think that, that nice. also what it is, what it also, that confidence also does. So you, how you just said meeting new people and um, things like that. What I think it also does that confidence whenever you have that self-trust is not only whenever you're meeting, well, this could be you're meeting friends of friends or just meeting any random people. Like yeah. you feel good in your ability to navigate with anybody, right? You can chop it up with anyone because they can be outlandish and yep. have different beliefs or whatever, but it's like, you know that you got you and you trust yourself to handle whatever curveballs and things that they could throw at you, you know, that it could be actually trigger triggering or, or whatever it is. You're just like, no, this is, it's fine because I am confident in myself and I am not... You know, because it's like those dudes rocking the $250 Jordans or something. Some other dude starts talking shit about the mm-hmm. shoes. It's like, you know, that guy might start getting triggered and pissed about that because he actually feels insecure about himself. And that's why he's wearing the shoes in the first place. And so his buttons are very easy to poke. Right. right? But it's like, if we're rocking the, the shoes or or not, either way, it's just like, you can say whatever you want about them. But it's like, no, I still believe in I like these shoes. I, right. I'm going to wear these shoes, whether they're $20 or $250. It's like, I, I'm rocking these because I want to rock them, not because I want you to see me rocking them, right? It's like, I'm, I'm all about, if you love, like, of course, like M, she loves mm-hmm. clothes. She loves fashion, but she loves she loves fashion, right? Yep. And so it just it just so happens to also come across, and it's now it's, it, it, it also happens to come across as like status signaling and things like that just inherently. Right. right. But it's not that she need. it's not necessarily that she needs that. Right. But this is what other people can, can see. It's like M does not, she doesn't need that validation from other people. She just likes the quality of the clothes. She likes the fashion. She likes how it, the self-expression, how it makes her feel. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's dope. And I think that something that I have been increasingly passionate about recently is that alignment 
of self and truth and what you believe in. Um, and cause it's just like my favorite thing when, when meeting someone, like, of course, if they're a douchebag or a terrible person, like this isn't ideal. Um, but then I would say that there's some type of misalignment there, but if a, if a person has full alignment with themselves and they really, uh, it's like someone meets you and then they find out that you love poetry, right? It's like, and someone, maybe it's somebody you even look up to and they start dogging you for being into poetry, poetry and you double down on being into poetry. It's like, that is the moment. I love that shit so much. Whenever you are expected to waver right. through that, whatever that is of him like dogging on you, even if it's in front of people, you know, it's like, no, I love poetry. I, I, I like it because of this, this, and this. I love whenever, especially like small details that seem not to matter, this cutting the asparagus. Cutting <laughs> the asparagus at Abo. It's, 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 it, that's a very, like, that's a very small, like funny example between, between you and I, but it's that. And I, and, and personally, like, I think the reason why I love that so much is because of my people pleasing background, right? It's because I have been very easy to waver, to get other people to like me. And so now the pendulum for me is swinging. It can still, I can definitely still have the people pleasing tendencies, but it can swing to the other side. And really, I really love when people are fully themselves um and unabashedly themselves are very passionate about these seemingly small things that they actually really care about and will stand up for in the face of somebody poking fun of them or or whatever and it's just like all of you can't you can't have all of that without self-belief yeah. first right and so like with the the lifting and nutrition and things there's like how you said that the lifting is a very low-hanging fruit it's like it is a very it, you know, going and doing exercises or something doesn't seem, of course it could, but it doesn't seem that mountainous to some right. people who are just wanting to get started into lifting, especially if they have a personal trainer or if they have a friend that they're going to lift with or, or whatever, it can really open up that portal into becoming the person that you really believe that you can be with very low stakes. There's very low stakes to go and do some bench press or right to do shoulder press or whatever it is, you know, to go and get in a workout is, is very low stakes. Um, yet the reward over time, right. The, the asymmetric risk with all of this is, yeah. is apps like the, the, the amount of upside that there is in ratio to the amount of downside that there is, is astronomical. Um, and, and so now of course I, I feel like we are preaching to the choir here with the people who are listening, who probably, you know, lift every day and things like that. But I would just encourage them to take this approach in everything that they do. Right. And it's like in their relationships, in their, um, eating, in their work, right. Taking pride in all these things. It's like, it, it's it, cause it comes down to you knowing, right. You, the self-trust can only be built on your own uh, internal foundation that sure, maybe you can front to other people about things, but you know, and yeah. that fronting is building it all on sand and it's not, it's not going to work. And so that's why I'm really bullish on the idea of keeping the promises you make to yourself because it's, it's, it's all of those things. You know, you say you're going to wake up at this time. You wake up at this time. If you say this is from a Conor McGregor documentary that I was watching, actually, he was just recently talking about it. He was like, I say, I, I, because he was talking about what he used to do. Yeah. And he was saying, 
I said I wasn't going to drink that thing. I ended up drinking that thing. I said I wasn't going to eat that thing. I ate that thing. I said I was going to wake up at this time. I didn't wake up at that time. He was like, it's just all these little defeats over and over and over again. And it just starts piercing you. Um, and so it's like, think about how many choices and opportunities you have throughout the day. Uh, and I think James Clear is the one who's like, every choice is like a vote towards the person you want to become. Yep. And it's like, that is just, it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I think that that example of following through with what you want to do about like the poetry and the guy talking yep. shit about you, it's because those are, those are moments that can not define you entirely, but they can, they can be a pattern interrupt if you are typically a people pleaser and then one day someone does that and you have an opportunity to give in but you don't and that can interrupt that pattern and that is how a cascade of future decisions can really um you can you can gain that small little bit of confidence in that area to keep that snowball rolling in the future and i just think that's that's yeah, dope as fuck i think it's not dude i i love that I think you might. I'm going to take, the, take these glasses. Yeah, mine are coming off here in a second. I think you might be as loquacious as Bryce and I, which I fucking love. Um, it, it, I, sometimes it's like pulling teeth on here, and I'm like, I'm talking way too much, or Bryce is talking way too much. And when it's he and I, we just talk fucking over. Um, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head with one of the words you used, um, and it's defeat. And tying it back to, like you said, the audience that's probably listening, the people that will see the the real cuts that we make on here and share on our pages and stuff are people who probably are like a duh for me where I find this to be a really, really cool topic is it's, it's something that's very non-threatening to bring to family and friends, people you see that have that facade up and not just anyone can call them on it or can kind of see behind that veil like you're an intimate person in their life you might be a son a best friend uh, a brother a sister you know and only you or someone like you or in your position might be able to say hey let's start doing this together you know um you know and then you can talk about your own journey i've found that the more i invested in myself whether it was reading or training or whatever um the less these things what that person said or what they want to do or how they look at me started to affect me and maybe you're having some issues there i know i've had friends and people come to me and i'm like yeah you'd probably care less about that honestly like if you like you said the self-belief if you believe more in yourself if you thought higher of yourself um it's interesting you know people shrink for a, a myriad of reasons they're embarrassed of who they are is the overarching thing right they don't want to share who they are authentically because they're afraid of the rejection which humans as again an animal species um we we like togetherness right we are a pack uh our pack group of uh of of living beings so we want to be around others and people like us and people who love us accept us etc i found as a young black kid there were certain things that i was allowed to like and not allowed to like allowed in in quotations um like it's funny I was, I was born 10 years too early to like anime and be out about it. Right. You know, um, you know, they made fun of kids like that at school. I, before practice would play Yu-Gi-Oh with friends or when magic, the gathering came, I kind of caught the, the tail end of that. 
that wasn't shit I could share with my friends on the football field or on the basketball court. They would just clown me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, you watch Dragon Ball Z, would you sit at home trying to go Super Saiyan? It's like, actually, motherfucker, I do. Because <laughs> I need to know if I can or can't. And who are you to judge me? But, like, that's not who I was as a kid. As a kid, I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not into that stuff. I don't do that right. stuff. I don't still go to my grandma's house every single weekend, put on a giant t-shirt, eat a bowl of cereal, and play with my toys. Because those are things that you can't really share, right? Um, because you don't feel confident enough in who you are. You don't feel like your name rings enough bells to to stand on. Yeah, bro, I do oddball shit. I do weird stuff because I'm an individual. I'm unique and I don't conform. And that is okay. You feel like, no, I, I need to fit in. I don't have that kind of uh, prestige to just be me, you know? But I think that obviously the maturation process of just growing up and going through things. Um, but the two things that probably fed me the most and feeling like, you know what? I'm me like, take it or leave it. Like there are, I know I have flaws and I'm consistently working on them, but like, I'm pretty damn good, bro. Like I'm like, yeah, it was me honestly getting better with my speech, like not stuttering anymore. I had a terrible stutter, terrible fucking stutter. Did I couldn't get through a sentence as a kid, like all the time. No, when what? Uh, probably until I was maybe like 16, 16 ish. Wow. Um, especially if I got excited about something, it was like immediate word vomit, stutter over words. It looked like Charlie Brown trying to kick a football. Like it was bad trying to get through a sentence. Um, but like, I just went home and would practice and practice and practice, you know, just practice talking and saying things more slowly. And even today I still speak quickly and mumble sometimes, but it's not nearly as bad as it was. But then what happened was I was able to start articulating my thoughts and I had lots of them and I was a smart kid. And so once I was able to start articulating them and then getting positive feedback, I was like, oh shit, I'll share more often. And then as I got bigger and stronger and I was playing sports, I was like, okay, I, I put this shirt on and I don't have to wear a, a, a medium from Hollister to look like I have muscles. Like I can just put a regular size shirt on. I feel good about myself. I, I will a hundred percent tandem those two things to the, uh, propensity for me to show up more authentically as me and say, you know what? Yeah, dude, like I fucking still watch Dragon Ball Z and I'll watch all of the installments as they continue to release until I fucking die. Um, I still go back and watch Avatar The Last Airbender. I play video games. I read fantasy fiction. Like those are things I'm into. I love poetry. I also tune into sports and can cite you statistics on all the greats, a mm-hmm. majority of sports. I watch the Olympics every year. I have these, these tastes. I'm really into shoes. I wanted to go to space as a kid. I, my first major was aeronautical engineering. You know, these are all things where like, it was interesting growing up where people go, oh, like, oh, you're so smart or you're so articulate. Like they didn't expect it. And I was just like, yeah, okay. And it wasn't only until I got later on, I was like, oh, for a, for a black athlete, I, I see like that was, it was kind of like a box that I was in and I burst that. And the more that I kind of knocked those walls down, the more your chest kind of starts to puff up a little bit, right? You're kind of like, you walk a little bit taller, your shoulders go back a bit, your chin comes up. So that way, when a person who you might respect does kind of shit on something that you're into, you go, you don't go, ha, 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 ha. you know, you go, nah, bro, that's actually super fucking cool. You know, if you were smart, you'd like it too. You know, like, or something like that, right? You know, like, right, 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 right. Response, you don't just like shrink in those moments and allow someone to, you know, pretty much like, take something publicly from you because that's what they're doing they're they're imposing their idea of what you should or should not be into um and they're doing it publicly as a as a flex 
And so you standing your ground and being like, I don't care if you like me or don't like me after I say this, but like you, you saying that you making fun of it just shows like the fact that you're dumb. Like it shows that you probably don't understand what's going on here. And that is okay if you're not into it, but you talking down on it shows that not only do you not know what you're talking about, but you're also probably a fucking idiot. Bro, it's, it's so, it's so true. And you know what else is true is that it's so annoying because conversations can be so incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like why, like we could connect and like really go deep on some type of mutual ground or not like, or if you're not into it, like right. you could at least even learn respectful and curious about it. And let's fucking, let's, let's chop it up and let's talk about it. Like let's, what if you had an open mind about this thing? And then it led the conversation into this entirely new avenue that opened up this whole other world that you didn't know about. Like the, the amount of different little worlds in the world fascinate me, like little, so like anime or poetry and even like things within poetry and things within anime, right? It's like, there's so many different sectors within all of this, but yeah, within those conversations with people, it's just like whenever they, they start talking lots of shit or if it's just like if it's only talking shit because of course we can banter back and forth right. but it's like if that's the majority of the conversation um it's just like god we could make so much better use of this time right now if you would just take care of your side of the street and fucking stop being so insecure it's like you know what i'm saying and it's like or or i'm gonna i'm gonna try and drive this somewhere for us to actually find mutual ground because it's funny that's where my people pleasing can can go good for me is mm -hmm. that whenever people can talk shit, it's like, that's, that's fine. It's more so like, how can I reflect this mirror back to you, but not in a way that'll make you defensive? Yeah. It's like going through the fucking red wires to, or the red lasers in an alarm or like drop to set off the alarms for this secret ogre in front of you who is very insecure. Um, it's like, okay, now... Because you're you're not going to make this fun with up with me. It's like I'm going to make this fun for myself, right. and I'm going to I'm going to mental jujitsu into this conversation to try and make this fun for both of us. To try and see if you're open to learning something new, or we can at least I don't know find find some type of of mutual ground so that we can actually have a conversation. Or else I'm just going to shut down and bounce out, and I'm just going to hang out my head instead. Um, you know. Well, the funny like, thing is, like, what my poor question, the, the good the good thing I've always done, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, no, you're good. a really, really good point there, which is, so there's a book called Think Again by Adam Grant, which I love. You should read. All listeners should read it. I'm sure that if you've listened to me before, I've mentioned it to you. Adam Grant is the GOAT. Um, he's dope. Um, but I find that if I meet confrontation with a question, like you said, it kind of, it just shows that it, takes that mirror like hey just, you know and it encourages uh, a rethink of whatever was was just said right so let's just let's keep let's go to the gym right let's let's go back to fitness mm -hmm. and someone goes oh man uh you know why do you well, what's so important about the gym i just can't imagine going to the gym you know six seven days a week you know or or training that often or that hard like what is it about it? Like, I just don't get why people want to be that sore and broken and beat up all the right. time. Like, it's just, it's just too much or vain. Yeah. It's just too yeah. much. And you go, well, what, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you do that often? Like, what, what do you fill that time with instead? Oh, I mean, just like whatever I want. Oh, so like, 
do you have a passion though? Or do you have something that you really care about or a hobby or something that you like really devote a lot of time to? No, I mean, not really. I just kind of do whatever I want. So then you're definitely the expert on hobbies or passions. Then you should, you should definitely be questioning mine. Yeah. Right. You know, right. like, oh, you like anime? Oh yeah. What do you like? Well, I don't really watch TV. Well, then you're the fucking expert on what someone should or shouldn't watch, aren't yeah. you? Like, <laughs> like barely. It, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that it kind of, it puts that awkward moment in there. And it's like the, uh, it's in the reference to an old movie and if you get it, awesome. But it's like called the so, right? The, that, that awkward moment is actually the title of the movie. Um, but it's that awkward moment that you have where someone's like, so trying to fill space or trying to figure out like right. what the next part of the conversation is or where the next step in the relationship or friendship is. And you just give them that moment. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to think or that what you just said was stupid. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to rethink what you just said or to double down or explain. And it's gonna be really hard for you because you're like, oh shit, that was kind of stupid. Um, right. Well, I guess, uh, I, I guess I, I can't, um, or pull that statement back because I can't defend it. Yeah. It's, and, and most people, the thing is too, is that a lot of people aren't actually even aware of what they're doing. It, they're, it's kind of just a response that they've had, um, to deflect or to project or whatever it is, you know, like they, and I, I think that whenever you really, I think this is a big perk of being a coach is then you start to understand humans a little bit better and what motivates us and the human behavior and things. It just, uh, they, you, you start to, you know, what's crazy is I started looking around and I forgot the point that I was going to make. Um, hold on. But I mean, I think you, I think you opened up a good spot though. Like as far as, cause my question is going to be, what do you see in a lot of the clients that come to you? What do you see? when they when they arrive, especially in how they feel about themselves. And maybe after a year, two years, obviously you don't want to put anyone on timeline, but like you talk very much about like, you know, what kind of power you can give a person by giving them power over their fitness, over their health, over their yeah. aesthetic, you know, with that being something that you see so, so clearly, um, what is your biggest, you know, win as a coach? And when do you start seeing those wins? What do they look like for you with your clients and how you relate to them? Yeah. Thank you for saving me there. Um, <laughs> so what I, I think, so a lot of the people that I work with are actually going to be people in leadership positions. So either managers, supervisors, directors, CEOs, uh, oftentimes like type A people, which is very interesting with my, uh, you know, I'm wearing, I'm being very silly right now and I have, uh, you know, a fairly good balance of silliness to seriousness on my page. This is why I call it the responsible delinquents. But I think that that, um, uh, that energy can attract these types of type A structured people who want somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about, but will then also allow them to, uh, have that balance and mm -hmm. to not have this consume their entire life because they can't allow it. There's so many other things that they're dealing with and juggling. They can't, they can't, uh, you know, have that happen. And so a lot of them come to me with the all or nothing mentality. They're often perfectionists. They're often, uh, people who think that I need to, uh, make this a big monumental gung-ho effort towards reaching this. Things need to be perfect. Uh, and what has happened over time is lots of starting and stopping. Yep. Uh, and so, whenever they, they come to me, 
it's just like the the biggest thing that I can help them with is realizing that they need to one expect failure, quote unquote, these perceived failures, uh, and learn to be okay with those failures. And that's where the keep your promises to yourself, like why it's why it's so important is because you realize how many choices you have throughout the day and you realize how quickly you can bounce back from a quote unquote misstep, right? right. Like of, of course that's going to happen. And so they have to learn how to fail fast and, and get back on track as, as quickly as possible. And what they can realize is that over time, as that keeps happening and as they, you know, go out to eat or they travel or they have alcohol or whatever it is, they realize, oh, this isn't ruining all of my progress. And Matt was right. I can still continue to make progress while still, uh, you know, um, loosening up on the reins a little bit. And that, you know, mindset shift can be very huge in their perspective on how much effort um, goes into their their diet and exercise. And also, they realize how much energy went into their explosiveness whenever they quote unquote failed right? Because it was that that's typically what ends up happening is it's just like, oh, I failed. So I need more discipline. I need right. more focus. I need to work out harder. I need to do keto. I need to eliminate carbs. I need to intermittent fast, right? Or I need to go carnivore. They think more restriction, more discipline, all these things is like, I'm just not working hard enough. Um, and so that feels, that's a lot of energy to put towards somebody. And now they go on, you know, I'm going all in a hundred percent, all in, you're giving my best efforts. And then life happens as it yeah. always does. And it's like deflating a balloon of their encouragement, right? They, all of their hope, everything just deflates and they fall off track. And then they have this mindset of, oh, what's the point? You know, I've already, I've already gone completely off track today. It's Thursday. I'm tired. The weekend's here. I'm just going to do whatever I want for the weekend. And then I'm going to start back again on Monday. Right. And also they don't get started again very quickly because they feel that they need to replicate that same monumental energy yeah. again. And that can feel like a very big deal to be like, okay, now I'm going to crack the whip and I'm going to get back on the meal plan, make sure that I'm doing this, this, and this. Right. And this cycle just happens over and over and over again. And by working with me, it's like every single week they've got to check in with me. And so we talk through these things and then they said, Oh, I did this, I did this. I was like, that's okay. Okay. So let's just try and do this, this, and this to, to overcome those obstacles this week. And let's, let's get back at it. Yeah. And then they, they nail the targets most of the time that week and they realize that they're progress is still happening and things like oh okay right so it's it's not necessarily that they can never fail again it's more so that they need to expect failure and they also need to pay attention to their reaction to their failures yeah right and realize that you have so many choices throughout the day um and that every choice you make is an opportunity to begin again the begin again thing is something that I got from Sam Harris. So I'm really big into mindfulness and meditation. He's a neuroscientist with a um, app called Waking Up that I use for meditation. I think it's great. Yeah. And one of his concepts is called Begin Again. And this is something that I, I genuinely probably say to myself every single day 
And it's, it's exactly kind of what it sounds like is a lot of people think that they need to wait until Monday to start their diet again, or wait until tomorrow or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's like, there's no reason that in the very next moment, you can't completely change the entire trajectory of your day, right? Yeah. So if you're in the gym and you've been going through a couple sets, you've had a couple crappy sets, you've been distracted, you've been on your phone, the music's just not hitting right, you've had a shitty day leading up to that. What's well, like on your next set, you can mentally just decide that that next set is going to be the most focused and intentional intentionally executed set that you've ever done in your entire life, right? Yeah. There's there's no reason that it can't necessarily be that, right? And you have that opportunity at every moment throughout the day. And so that can be very liberating for people to have that mindset. And now, of course, that doesn't mean that you can consistently always fuck around because right. you still, again, you're the one keeping the score and you're, you know everything, right? You're the one who knows. And so it's like, it's on you and you know how many times you've broken your promises or followed through with them. And you also understand, are you losing weight? Are you yeah. gaining muscle? Are these things happening? So it's like, you need to take a, take a account of what you've been doing over the past couple of days or weeks or months. And it's like, are your actions matching your ambitions right. with all of this? Um, and so it's like that. The, the all or nothing mindset and helping them take what it really is, is taking pressure off themselves. Like it's they put so much, of course, of course, high achievers do what? So much good stuff. I'm just, I'm just listening. So it's this, of course, high achievers put so much pressure on themselves. And yeah. so it's like, this is why all of like with the, the, the cheetah print, like all of the silliness, the responsible delinquent stuff. It's like, what I want to do is set an example that you can be both. You mm -hmm. can, you can do both. You can accept where you are and you can strive for more. You can be a silly goose and you can run a six or seven figure business or eight figure, whatever it is, right? You can, you can, you can be a, a great dad and you can party every other week or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's, 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 I just, I just want to show people that you don't they can, pick. they can have it all. You can have the balances. And it's, it's defined by you, um, but you have to accept the trade-offs. You have to, you have to accept the trade-offs, but yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, that's, that's the spiel. No, I don't things. I, I love that. And I uh, did you keyed up so many good things. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to artistically and poetically wrap this in a response to that. And it's, and you can relate to this. Um, so sports to me are always a great analogy for life right um life is a game it's a game that is winnable you can game it and you can you can beat other people you can beat other versions of yourself like you can win this game and you talk about holding those promises and just pretty much not compromising and one of those things that you know like i listened to old like kobe interviews and stuff like that and he mentioned he's like um and one of them is like i'm not negotiating with myself like i just, I just made it my i'm not negotiating these are social contracts I make with myself and I'm not going to negotiate on those. And when I fall through that's I hold myself accountable as if I had signed a contract with a team and they're like, Hey bro, that's a fine. That's a $50,000 fine. You're late to practice. That's a fine. You don't show up for this. That's a fine. You got the wrong Jersey. That's a fine. Like those are 
we, we, we silently negotiate with ourselves all the time. Right. And so what I like to tell my clients, um, and I kind of started in my head as you were talking, like with the metaphorical client, which is something that I, I think of a lot when I'm talking to other coaches is like, well, that's actually a really good way to kind of put this. If I marry something with what they said to what I'm thinking, people always have that all or nothing mentality. Most people have this, right? If I can't do it right, I won't do it at all. We paralyzation by, um, you know, preparation, right? The idea that until I feel ready, I'm not going to do it. Well, I get it. I think that you can take that same mentality and you can invert it. You don't have to change it. You can invert it to your benefit. Because to me, if you look at it like business, your ledger is red. That's why we're talking, right? You, you, your ledger is red. You have made a lot of just not great decisions that were going to potentiate your ability to get to where you want to go. So now we're talking because you want my help to get you there. Perfect. You cannot undo a life ledger of red in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. So since we know that, let's gamify it. Let's figure out how we can, in my terms, stack W's, right? I think about most of my athletic career, I was on losing teams. And, but it's crazy because my very first sport I ever played, we went undefeated in soccer. Then we went undefeated in basketball. And I was just like, oh shit, like this is what we do. We just fucking win. And then from the time I was probably like 11 till I was 16, all losing teams, every single sport, all losing teams, never above like 500 or below, um, stiff competition, right? We just, we played a lot of really good people. I, I appreciate that. There's a lot of people that I played that are currently in the NFL or were in the NFL or currently, you know, in the G league or in Australia playing or whatever. Um, so it, it's, it's good to know that at least they were great, but it's valid. You know, it, it's one of those things where I got used to getting that no, right? Like, oh, you didn't get it today. You failed today. Still got to keep showing up. Practice is still gotta, it's not going to be as fun to practice tomorrow because you're a fucking loss and you're probably running. Um, but then it was crazy because in my senior year, we go to the final four. We got a really great class of seniors. Most of us are going to go on and play college football somewhere. And we had just been winning everything. So when we lost our first game, we were stunned. We were like, huh? I was just kind of fucking confused. Um, but then it was easier to win the next game because we knew what winning felt like when we had just built the habit of winning by winning all the things that we could win, winning all the winnable situations. And then when you hit that obstacle, which you will inevitably hit, you will lose, you will fail. You will get that. No. What do you do? Well, I know how to win. So I'll just do it again. And so to your point where you're talking about, I was like, Hey, listen, when you're not negotiating with yourself, when you're not breaking that social contract and you sit there and you say, you know what? Nah, dude, I said, I'm going to drink a gallon of water. Nah, I said, I was going to get my protein goal today. Nah, I said, I was going to go to the gym three times a week this week. I was going to go on the treadmill three times a week this week. You might not hit all of them, but you're going to hit a lot of them the more you focus on them and the more you keep them in the front of mind. And then the more of them you hit, the easier it becomes to hit them and hit them again and then hit more, right? Yeah. Habit stacking and saying, oh, you know what? Of course, I just go to the gym and then I just walk on the treadmill after. And I was like, oh, well, mm -hmm. of course, I just pack my protein shake with me when I go to the gym and now I have my protein. Like all of those things just start to become a little bit easier to, to compound on one, it does one another and become exactly what you want at an exponential rate, right? Now you start to wash out some of that red on your ledger. And it's, it's really interesting because you bottle all that up and people go, okay, well, great. That looks good. I don't want to start it unless I can do it a hundred percent. It's like, okay, I get it. Look at it this way though. 
you can't do it 100% today, and that's okay. But you can get a head start on tomorrow, you. You can get a head start on sure. days away from, you know, a week, a month away from, you know, you. Right. And get a head start on all other people. I like waking up early, and I will say it, I'm a terrible trailer. I am not good when losing. Like, mm-hmm. we're playing a video game, and I'm down 10. In my mind, I have to keep convincing myself that I can come back because I'm like, mm-hmm. just, I have to score 10 and then another 10, right? Because I got to get, I got to catch him. And then, but then I got to score 10, stop him from scoring 10 and score. T- like your brain just doing all the like overt math it has to do to, um, to, to win. But as a front runner, I'm an excellent front runner. If I'm, yeah. if I'm up two or 20, I can keep you there. And mm-hmm. so for me, if I get up at 4 a.m., I'm like, all you motherfuckers are asleep. I'm yeah, going to, I'm going to win. Though. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm good here. If I had a really shitty start to the day, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just pound some water. I'm going to, I'm going to drink a gallon of water between three and 10 PM. So I just feel good about my hydration. I, I feel clear. I go to the bathroom before bed. So I don't feel bloated and it helps me. It cascades me into good decision-making into the morning. Yes. It gives me that head start into the next day so that I can be more all in, right? More, I'm ready to go. Like I can capitalize on the, oh, there's this inertia feels a little less to get started because I've kind of given today me a head start by just the little things I did to say, you know what? We fucked up today, but here's a, here's a token of good faith into next day or the next day. I, I love that. Yeah. I really, and that's, that's why I usually start my day actually with, uh, well, two things. I always start my day with a laugh. So I watched comedy podcasts and Love that just gets me in this silly mood in the beginning. And just, it's, it's really like morning cartoons, but like it can, it, it's just funny and not cartoons necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and then also cleaning is usually the next thing that I do. And so it's waking up. The first thing that I can do, put myself in a good mood and is watch comedy podcasts. It's like, that's very easy for me to open my phone and turn on YouTube. Yep. And the second thing is starting to clean. It's like, this doesn't actually take any real cognitive power. It's like, so now I'm cleaning my space, cleaning the energy, but it's feeling productive, right? And now I'm getting the gears turning. Maybe then I'm either having a protein shake or I'm starting to drink my caffeine or whatever it is. I'm getting the gears going and then it goes into like reading, right? So then reading is then going to get more of the cognitive juices flowing, right? The creativity. And then I can go into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so it's like that energy management, I think is, is very important, but also, a couple of things that I wrote down about the social contracts with yourself and because um, these are the things that can, can typically happen. So say like 75 hard, which is what a lot of people love doing. So it's like these five things, no matter what, every single day. Um, and, and I definitely think that there, there are merits to that um, and having periods of your life of you know, really going to the extreme and pushing yourself. I, I do think that, that that can be helpful. I think that there can be a modified version of 75 hard that could probably be better. Um, but I think with, with all of these rules or like having protein with every meal or making sure that you do this, ever, like always doing this or never doing that, it's like all of these rules are helpful until they're not, right? And that's where I think it could be so helpful to think of these things more as flexible guidelines as opposed to rigid rules right. because life is so so unpredictable and so uncertain and it's like that it's it's i love teaching people how to navigate within that mm-hmm. and how to navigate 
whenever it's like, oh, I um, said that I'm not going to drink any alcohol for the next 30 days, but then my friend, I haven't seen him forever, came in town. He brought me some Eagle Rare 10-year bourbon, and I, I would absolutely love to drink with my friend and you know this isn't against my like having a glass of bourbon isn't going to ruin my health it's not going to ruin my job the next day this is a moment between me and my friend Mm -hmm. where this can be a bonding experience that i am going to break this rule that i have for myself and i'm going to use my own judgment and my own value systems to then be like cool this is this audible is worth it right it's like that that flexibility and being able to 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 dance within those hard decisions of like because fitness is still a high value to that person right and they yeah. want to follow through on that rule that they 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 promise to themselves right but then their friend comes in and brings the bourbon and things it's just like i also want to to you know i want to enjoy this this bourbon with my friend which one's right and it's like i can't tell you which one's right or wrong only you know that and yeah. you have to understand what matters to you most, and you have to have an understanding of the the consequences and the trade offs within that. Um, and I think that that is very hard to teach, and it's not what people want to hear. They want to hear the seventy five hard five five rules every day, no matter what. Do this, or you're a fucking pussy, right? People it's like big gray, right? They suck. They suck it. Context, and I live in the gray. It's my whole thing. Responsible delinquents. It's the fucking, it's the towel. It's the the, yeah. the yin and the yang, bro. It's literally, it is the way. That is my entire life. And that is something that is so hard to teach. But whenever you, whenever it clicks, whenever you get it and you understand yourself, it, it all comes down to like understanding yourself and also the trust within yourself. Because again, you, you, you may think that you understand yourself, but if your intuition and your your self trust is shallow or doesn't have much evidence to right. back up what you believe is right or wrong. It's like that that can definitely be a problem. But if you can get to that point and do the work and continuously put in that work, you know, it's like that is that is what makes life worth living. To me, it's one of those things. Um, kind of going back to like I'd imagine if I asked you to answer or ask you to answer this question, you'd answer it in a way that I know you would. It was like. Do you take yourself too seriously in your opinion? And you'd probably say like, I'd say too seriously. No. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, as weird of a question as that is, I I think that I always make jokes and probably to, to Emily's dismay, I I make lots of jokes about like life and death and stuff like that. And I'm just like, nah, I want to, I'm just going to jump off a bridge or whatever. Right. Like, but I, I joke with her that like, um, some of my clearest moments have been in moments when I thought I was going to die or death was uh, a possibility, whether it's like skydiving or scuba diving, or, uh, I, I once had a transformer, like one of the electricity things explode over top of the car I was in. Um, yeah, you know, and the whole car goes white, can't see the person sitting next to me. Like in all of those moments, I felt probably my most free. It was very interesting. Um, it was like, you know, you're talking about these moments of like high adrenaline, very, very, just face to face with mortality right now, but like this, this thing could happen and it's done. But I found that the more I accepted that my life is finite and that I'm just a bag of liquid and bones, just yeah. moseying through life, hoping exactly. that I don't get by a bus, you know, like I literally, I'm just like, you know, I'm just trying to exist here. Um, the less serious I took myself, you know, the, the more 
I embodied the idea of like, don't take life too seriously. No one gets out alive, like that type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to get into the space where I did embrace the gamification of life. Like, hey, dude, like when you take the seriousness out of things, when like, yes, you might be really unhappy with how you look. You might have some health problems, um, but they're, they're, they are beatable. These are things that we can we can work against, but we almost have to take the seriousness out of it. That do or die, bro. Because like you said, the pressure that it puts on you, like that's, that's going to, that's going to burst, bro. Like it's going to, you're going to fail at this. And because you've put such an immense amount of value into it and what it means for your life, because your life is so self-important and serious to you. Um, then when you fail, it, there's a cascading effect of just like negative self-talk, negative self-thought spiral. But if you take a step back and go, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's a game. I can gamify this. Like if you gamify 75 hard with friends, I think all of a sudden it becomes something that's fun. It's like, hey, dude, we're going to do something really, really hard for fun for the next 75 days. Dope, bro. I fucked right. up yesterday, bro. I got to catch up. I, I got to do two today. That's dumb as shit. But like, I get it. Like it, it, right. you're gamifying it, but you're also not going, I'm going to use 75 hard to change my life. And it's mm-hmm. got to change my life when I'm done. And it's like, that's that's a lot of pressure to put on a fucking PDF, bro. Like that's, yeah, right. that's a lot, you know. Um, so yes. I, I think that when you reframe it, and you know, to your point, you just kind of go, "Hey, dude, like you you find that gray, that space where it's like it's serious enough, serious enough to make uh, a social contract with yourself, maybe with a coach, uh, maybe with a gym partner, uh, but it's also gamified, chill, silly enough." that you have clauses and amendments in there or when the inevitable does happen, right? Like when a player doesn't meet certain performance statistics, they still get their money, not the same amount, but that they'll get booted off the fucking team. Right. They just don't right. get whatever bonuses they were going to get, but they still get the opportunity to show up again. It's gamified. It's it's mm-hmm. so they keep coming back and going, hey, you know what? I lost yesterday, but I can win today. And the more, like you said, people embody that, the easier all of a sudden things start to become because the pressure is gone. You're like, you know what? Let's just show up and play. But I, I, I agree with you. I think getting to that point is what can be very hard, especially for these leaders and type A type people, because like I'll work, I like I'm working, like if I work with an attorney or something, right? Yeah. You know, somebody who has benefited greatly from structure and their type A personality and their certainty and their their way of navigating the world um and so what i'm really trying to do for these people is to help them embrace uncertainty because that's what the gray is right i'm helping them understand that it's going to be okay because you believe in yourself right like that's it like that at, at its core that's really what it is and then fitness is the vehicle that i want them to get to that point right like that's really it because so many of these people have like they they're they're always trying to cling on to certainty and mm-hmm. and um that's where uh you know 75 hard can be so helpful because it's very black and white and like that that's what they know they need to do right that's why people like they think they like meal plans yeah they think they like keto or low carb right it's like Sure, you can have this black and white thinking. It can work in the short term. It might even work for a while, but you're, I'm not going to listen to you if you say, oh, I, if I could choose between getting the same results 
through both approaches. One approach includes bread. One of them doesn't include bread. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're going to include the one that chooses bread, right? It's like, don't tell me that you just love eating meat or whatever. And that's why you're doing it. It's like, no, you, there, there is, you, you can do what you want, right? You can have, if you put in the work to, to get to that point of being able to play and to gamify things, right? And to, uh, it's because it comes down to understanding. It comes down to understanding that you're going to be okay, that the more that you try to grasp at this certainty of life, it's just yeah. like, it's it again, that's whenever life is like, no, fuck you. You're not going to be able to do that. Like, you're just not going to always be able to predict what is going to happen next. Yeah. You can do, all you can do is all you can do. But then after that, right? It's like, like you said, you can plan tomorrow. You can get ahead. You can do all these things. All you can do is all you can do. But then past that point, it's just like, You've got to accept and let go and surrender. And it's like, it's, it's all of those, those woo woo things, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is actually why one of my favorite books is called already free. And it is a psychotherapist who wrote this book, who takes the developmental approach, which is, uh, uh essentially Western psychotherapy and, you know, do all the things, take care of yourself, go to the gym, right? It's just like, and then also figuring out your past. All, all that kind of stuff, uncovering traumas, all these types of things. And then the other side of the approach is the fruitional approach. And that is the mindfulness and the Eastern therapy side of things, like the Eastern yeah. uh, way of doing things. And, and it's kind of like combining Buddhism with psychotherapy. And that is the, the whole approach of kind of like being and becoming, making sure that you are striving and doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, right. but also accepting what is here and now and being okay with this and understanding that this is enough. Um, and it's like that those two approaches is, is something that I'm essentially trying to do with, with fitness as well. But again, it's just, it's very, it's definitely not something you could teach in like yeah. four weeks or six weeks or something like that. But that's why good coach, you know, you can be with a coach for several months and we can work through these things and we can really dig pretty deep. And sometimes in conjunction with an actual psychotherapist, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, that's also important. Um, it's like, you can really, you can really uncover things, but I think oftentimes people just want to hear and be told what to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, it's, you're just going to, you're going to end up in the same fucking spot in six months from now or a year from now or whatever. So it's like, got to learn how to be versatile. Like, like you said, like the black and white, right? Like they're not, not, not being able to play between the lines puts you on one side now you have to choose you're not versatile you're not viable you're not malleable you don't bend right bruce lee said be water right that's one of my favorite quotes it's my favorite quotes because it took me the longest to get um it's literally one of the ones i have tattooed on my neck because it I know took me one the, the longest to get um because you probably didn't feel safe you probably like it's 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 that's not a safe be like water you know it's like that's that's not it doesn't make sense what yeah, it well, doesn't make sense you had this person who was a force right like bruce lee um for those who are not you know nerds and didn't grow up watching this on a kung fu movies and being immersed in east asian culture um bruce lee was not just like a movie action hero like he was a civil rights activist um he was not just a civil rights activist for like chinese minorities he like for all minorities like he he definitely walked the walk set the tone for multiple minority celebrities to follow in his footsteps and do things that they were not um given platforms to do and then before him and so 
as a guy who has so many quotes about being unyielding and um, not so much unyielding, I shouldn't use that word because that's the oh, you're putting words in a legend's mouth, but definitely strong, earnest, steadfast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, him saying, you know, be water, you know, water can flow and it can move and it can weave and you put water in a cup and it becomes the cup. And all I'm hearing as a young kid who's like, I'm a man, I know who I am, is like, well, water sounds like a shapeshifter. It sounds like something that doesn't know what it is, right? Like it, it doesn't sound like it's something that's strong and, and, and has content and sustenance. It, it sounds like something that can be moved. It, it can be changed. And, but he, it, it took me a while. It literally when it took me till probably a year or a year or so ago to actually understand He's like, water can do all these things. And then water can also crash. Right. And it's like, because it is able to move and it's able to weave and, you know, bend, it retains its power. It retains the ability to always be water. It's the thing that creates canyons. It's the thing that covers most of the world. Exactly. You know? And so, um, it's in that ability to be able to play in the gray and, and be, uh, you know, versatile and flexible that a lot of that power is found. And it's interesting listening to you because I know M works with a lot of high performers as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I'd imagine that most of them didn't get to where they got to off of like pure strategy. Most of right. what, most of it was like, you know, I studied harder. I worked harder. I took mm-hmm. the extra class. I stayed in and I feel like so much of that is are there transient qualities that you can take and you can go, you know what, these are really good things that we can take and we can put here. Um, I understand the concrete nature of, I read it, I know it, I learned it, I tested, right? Like I understand that it was, but it was never the learning and the testing that got you to where you were. It was the habit of studying. It was the habit of dedicating yourself to something. And Mm. I think that, you know, as, as corny as he can be, I love him. The, the rock is like, I'm the hardest worker in the room. He wasn't always the biggest. Like the rock, the rock was not the rock ten years ago. The rock was right. It made, makes the current rock or current rock makes old rock look like a boy. <laughs> um, but he was always the hardest worker. It wasn't always the biggest, but always the hardest worker. And you spoke about being and becoming, and I think that that really ties in there, right? Like, yeah, I'm not where I want to. I'm not. I'm not ten years from now, me yet. I'm becoming that, but I am that me in the way that like, I'm the hardest worker. I'm tenacious. I'm going to keep showing up. I believe in myself. That's the being, Like that doesn't change. Those are core values that stay. And then becoming was like, oh yeah, now I put on that muscle mass I wanted. I lost that fat I wanted. I look better in the mirror. I feel better about myself. I'm more proud about, you know, presenting myself to a group of people or to my employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the becoming part. And that, that comes, but I do think that is really interesting to to think about those type of people and the the hang up that they might have with the the lack of the the concrete nature of fitness and the, the ambiguity that it's lying in the space mostly because i think there's in the studious space in the business space there's ambiguity there um i just think it might be hidden a bit more i think that they they they're only seeing the black and white of it, but there was like a ton of ambiguity. You just did all the little things to remove the ambiguity and you can do those exact same things here. Brother, it's just, they're trying to use logic to solve emotional problems. 
and it's it's it you can't you know you can only run your head into the wall so many times where you realize it's not going to work so it's like you often like make sure you ask yourself they're like oh no i'm gonna do it this way i'm gonna do it this i keep needing to do this it's just like how is that working for you right you know just like how is this going it, it like honestly what how is this working for you it right. you're you keep doing the same thing or like you keep thinking that this strategy is going to to make a, diff a difference this time and it's like what if we just tried a different approach this time yeah. you know it's like what if we tried this this and this and and yeah i think it's they they are applying all of the and of course it's like that's all they know it's like all these qualities and traits and skills and characteristics that they have that have, have brought them so much success throughout their entire life and now they're trying to apply that same thing mm -hmm. to an emotional problem or to these deep-rooted things or whatever and it's like that's where it's like it's not just fat loss, right? It's right. not just overcoming fat loss. It's the it's the type of person that you become along that journey, right? And that is that's where it's like, cool, yeah, it can be a superficial goal. We're talking about muscle gain. We're just lip, you know, lifting things up and putting them down or whatever. But it's actually it is it, there are so many more metaphors into it. It can go much much deeper into that. Um, and I think that uh, I think that honestly, we're very lucky and um blessed or whatever it is just very I'm, I'm very grateful that this is my career path and that it's your career path and that we can bond over such a it's such a fitness is such a good thing to care about you know what i'm yep. saying like yeah really give a fuck about like at all the things that i could have been passionate about in life i'm very happy that it is fitness to be honest yeah. like of course we can hate on certain things within fitness and want to change but it's just because we care right like okay. it, it, all these different things but at the end of the day i'm very stoked that my health and fitness is the thing that i really got obsessed over not only because of what it does for me but what i can do for other people and also the other types of people that i've met along the way like within the coaching space um, it's a job with a really and this is just because I, I love uh, nuclear bomb references. It's a it's, it's a job with a really high positive fallout. Yeah, right? like yeah, it's 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 wide reaching um, for the individual that embodies it. It's wide reaching for the individual that is inserted into a community that then infects that community with this very positive thing. Um, it, it is like like therapy, like teachers, like it, it's one of those things where it's like if you can if you can do this right the supremely positive compound effect you can have on an individual and the way that their life is going to go is, is really, really high. And generationally, mm -hmm. who they affect as well and who they raise. You know what I'm saying? And the yep. kids, you know, like you said, the, the, the project that you want to do, the community, it's like that, you, you, the ripple effect yes. cannot be understated um, for yourself or for other people. No, I love that. You got 30 seconds. If you wanted anyone to get something from this conversation, something that they can take home and they can put on a board, put in their phone, put into action today, what is their biggest piece? What's the, what's the thing that they can take a big bite of right now and be better today? I, I really think it's what we've talked about throughout this whole thing. And that is keeping the promises that they make to themselves. They have their, go you're going to have so many more opportunities from the moment you're listening to this until you go to bed to follow through on what you said you're going to do and you're either going to do it or you're not right 
And if you do it, you're going to be a step closer to, to who you want to become. And if you don't, then, you know, it's okay because you are going to be able to begin again because there's another moment coming up. There's another opportunity. opportunity there's another choice um, that, that you're going to be able to, to make a vote towards the, the person that you want to become. And I think that, uh, yeah, if, if you can do that, you can increase your self-trust in yourself and day by day you can slowly build up into the person that you want to become. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the P2 podcast. This is the 50th installment, so thank you again for being a special guest, Matt, and special listeners out there, whether you're listening to us from your vehicle, Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Music, wherever you know, we'll take Bryce and I's money. Um, definitely let us know if you enjoyed this. Give Matt a follow at the links and whatnot that i'll allow him to share here before we sign off and uh we'll, we'll see you next time matt go ahead and sign us off with where they can find you and we will bounce amazing instagram is at matt mcleod six m-a-t-t-m-c-l-e-o-d six and then my website's org. thank you very much matt thank you guys see you next time